The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. Hello, listeners. This is Joe Franz here with Brandon Novak for the Novak and Franz show slash podcast. I'm here today with Brandon Novak. Say hello for God's sake. Show some gratitude. Hey, everybody. How are you? Just for the note, I'm gunning to change the name of the show. It hasn't happened yet. I'm still pushing for it. Let me know what you guys think. From either A, the Novak and Franz show, or B, Cellar Dwellers. Just putting it out there, putting the vibes out. Let's see what you guys think. Cellar Dwellers. All right. Because we do the show in Franz's mom's basement in the cellar. I think it's fitting. Mm -hmm. Anyways, just quick side note. That's true. And, of course, we're here with Taylor Cooper, the producer and engineer of the show. What's up, everybody? And CJ Schumard, <laughs> who is in charge of Brandon Novak Global Worldwide Holdings. He's the CEO, NVP, and VIP. Very immense penis. <laughs> I'd fuck you. Based on that title? That title, you're getting laid. So, uh, Brandon, we talk a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. And um, quite frankly... I want to know what a lot of people want to know. Yeah. How did you save that woman's life? Because we never talk about that. We talk about everything else. You saved someone's life a couple months back. Oh, on the train. Yeah. Yeah. So um, me and my mother had went to D.C. for the day to see my nephew, uh, some something at his school. And, and, and my brother, his wife were there. The kids were there. And me and my mother, we had taken the train from Baltimore to D.C. Finishing that day. Uh, we got a train back from D.C. to Baltimore. It was around 9, it was probably around 10 o'clock at night. So the train was pretty desolate. It was empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really, since I've, I've gotten sober and the longer I stay sober, I'm very hypersensitive to my surroundings. I'm really alert and attentive, almost too much. And, and my OCD continues to, to get heavier and heavier. So it's almost to fault. But um, this night, it was actually a blessing uh, I, I, I'm sitting in the train. It's the two level trains, people on top and people on the bottom. And, and my mother is, is on the outside. I'm sitting on the inside looking out the window. Uh-huh. And there's no one else on our car except for this old, older black woman. She's about five seats up on the opposite side. And I'm looking out and I'm paying attention to the woman. I'm looking all around. And, and all of a sudden I see her. And she starts grabbing her neck. And I don't know what's going on. She's grabbing her neck. And then, and then she starts flailing about. Oh she's my God. flailing her head. And I can tell that she's in complete, she, she's in a state of disarray. Panic has consumed her. She's grabbing her neck. She's grasping for air. She's trying to breathe. You can see that she can't. So all of a sudden, my mother's on the outside. I literally push her out of the way. And I stand up and I start screaming for help. And no one's coming because no one's on the train, at least on the top part. I run to the to the stairs to get to the bottom, and there's some people at the bottom of the stairs. And I said, who knows CPR? This woman is choking to death. And they're all looking at me, you know, not knowing what to do, but just basically shaking their head no. No wow. one knows CPR. Um, this woman's like dying. So I'm like, fuck it, man. I, I, it can't be that hard. I have to do something. Uh, and it kind of comes back to my, my – uh, you know, what I do every day for, for being a recovery advocate. You know, I'm a big fan of doing something. 
Um, there's no margin for error yet. It is impossible to do perfect. I kind of look at life that way. So when I see this woman literally choking to death, I can see she doesn't know what's going on. So I, I run over and I grab her and I rip her out of her seat and I put her back to my chest and I just literally grab her and put my arms around her, wrap my arms around her body and just start pulling in, mm -hmm. you know, one. Two, mm -hmm. three. Just like you've seen on television. Yeah, exactly. Just mimicking and mirroring what I've seen in movies. Mm -hmm. That I've never had any training. I never had any research. Never learned it. But you know, I, I was, I, I was, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, but I knew something had to be done, and no one else was doing anything. So I, I did it, and then it worked. And she started breathing. And then she called her daughter and put me on the phone with her daughter and said, this guy just saved my life. What was the first thing she said when she kind of came to, how long did it take her to kind of regain composure? Um, once whatever was in her throat was dislodged, I'd say four to five minutes where she could put a, a, a cognitive sentence together that made sense. Wow. You know? And what's the first thing she said? She said, uh, I can't thank you enough. She said, I, I, I didn't want to come on this trip and I almost didn't come on this trip and my daughter made me come on this trip. And her daughter had a big part of whatever this trip that she was on was about. And she didn't want to go on the trip. And that's what she kept saying as soon as she came to. She kept saying, I didn't want to come on this trip. I almost didn't go on this trip. My daughter made me go on this trip. So after this happened, and I'm not really thinking much because I'm in like a state of panic still. Then she calls her daughter up immediately and, and tells her daughter what happened, put me on the phone with the with the daughter. Mm -hmm. You know? And my mother, she didn't know what was going on. Well, and she and you got you and your mom were the only other people on this car. Yeah, on the on the top part. On the bottom there were people. But it was like a ten thirty at night from DC back to Baltimore train. It it's almost like as if like Sunday God night. put you it almost seems like God put you on that car with her for a reason. You know? Well, I, I'm a big that's one of my favorite parts of sobriety for me, right, is, is recognizing the synchronicity in life's events that bring us to the here and now, which further affirms to me that there is absolutely a higher power. I don't believe in luck and coincidence. I believe everything is destiny of fate. There's, what, 8 billion, 8 billion people in the world, maybe? I don't know. I'm just totally guessing, but someone told me, I think, 8 billion. Yeah, there's almost 8 billion. 8 billion people in the world. I live in Philadelphia. I I caught in that train from D.C. to Baltimore maybe three times my whole life. Like, it, why that night did I go to D.C. with my mother? If I could have caught, if I would have caught the next train, I wouldn't have. You know what I mean? There, yeah. but there, there, there's a a power greater than myself saw fit for our stars to align and our paths to cross, and us end up on the same train at the same time on the same night. What does it feel like to be a hero? I don't. I, I don't, I don't look at it as a hero. Uh, I look at, you know, me, me kind of paying my dues back to life because if justice was served, I'd be dead years and years and years ago if I got what I deserved. So I really look at it as just paying off a debt to society. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, and I don't think I have enough years in my life to ever break even on, on 
what I owe. So you don't go around bragging to all the girls that you're a hero. No, I don't. Talk. <laughs> I'm teasing. No. Guess what, babe? I'm a hero. Now, if you would have caught me when I was getting loaded, oh, absolutely. Oh God, <laughs> I never would have heard the end of it. Yeah, you know that. Oh, man. You know that. Um, but the cool thing was, is my mother then called my brother. My brother told his wife, and now an Earth family, and they're calling me saying. God, like, what, do you wear a cape at night? You know, like, yeah, it's such a cool thing, man. Congratulations! That's such. That's that, such. That, a, this, it must be. I can't imagine how that would make you feel. You know, I've never because, like, in restaurants, it's you don't hear about it much. It's extremely common that there's that there, that people choke to death in a restaurant. Like, dude, you're you're actually at a big risk when you're eating and you're not paying attention. Sure, I get, I believe that. I when I was a kid, I almost choked to death on a marble, and there was no one around. Yeah, I was, I was. I remember. I, I was four years old. I had a marble in my mouth, and it went down my windpipe. And I remember thinking at that young age, I was like, "Okay, I could try and swallow this, or I could like buck my entire upper body forward and see if it comes out." And I remember even at that young age, I was thinking, "My time is limited. If I make the wrong decision." I'm going to die. And that's you at four. Yeah. And I remember it like it was like it fucking happened yeah. five minutes ago. And so I, I forced my, my my entire upper body forward as hard as I can. The marble came out and I'm, I'm, I live to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, and, and at four years old, you didn't see that happening. Yeah. You didn't foresee that in your future. Such a scary thing. And then, uh, you know, as you can attest to, I've never dealt with that, but panic ensues mm -hmm. you, you're by yourself you don't know what to do you can't scream for help you can't call for help and you know what flashed you're in just... my head was my mother finding me dead on the floor you know like I, I could picture myself even though I didn't know you were blue in the face like I could picture like that went through my head that image of me dead with a blue face on the floor my mother finding me went through my fucking head wow yeah it was crazy well hey looks like we have a caller here Let's go to the phones. All right. Enough of this morbidity. Hello, caller. By the way, we're basically have like the jail house <laughs> we have setup going set on up. here. Caller? I think our and caller CJ gave up. does not let us down yeah. again. <laughs> Everyone well, give it up for CJ. They've been waiting for like five minutes. He always go. drops the first call. Yeah, they have been waiting for a while. So I guess, I guess they went to get a glass of water. Is it on mute? <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. Fair no. Enough. We'll just go to the next call. All right, we're going to go to the next call here. CJ, on the this On the Novak and Franz show. AKA the Cellar Dwellers. <laughs> Hello, I'm just killing time. Yes, that's hey, right. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh. How are you, Hello, brother? caller. Hey, what up? How are you guys doing today? We're doing wonderful. What is your topic? Awesome. Um, I wanted... So I ask you guys, um, what's your most craziest story or moment that you've had with Jimmy Pop or Mark DeBagger? Well, there was a uh, there was a night when um, we were partying with the Bloodhound Gang, and I believe it was at a place called the Trap. And N Novak wanted to convince the waitress to do a, a shot, a body shot off of his belly, and apparently she had too much to drink. Because That's right. I vaguely remember this. Yo, yeah. I remember like it was yesterday. She she did the shot off of his belly 
and she proceeded to regurgitate yeah. all over him from neck to gut. I totally remember that. Yeah. And it was a night to, and it was, it was, man, as awful as it must have felt to be covered in someone else's vomit, the spectacle was remembered by everyone there. It's like one of except those legendary me. moments, except for you. <laughs> well, when he asked that question, when he proposed that question, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Everything has been a blur for so many years that I, I'm ton- that is one of them, mm-hmm. you know, but like, fuck, well, Franz answer for both of us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did a music video for the, for the Bloodhound Gang years ago. It was called Screwing You on the Beach at Night. And, uh, I, and it was, it was a, a parody on, um, what was that? Uh... It was a parody of Wicked Game. Yes, yes, Wicked Game. That's right, yeah. by, by Chris Isaac. For sure. Got for it. Sure. I directed yeah, it, and I don't even awesome. remember what the hell I did. So, <laughs> so one of the things is there's supposed to be a girl – who's topless on the beach, but the girl that, so evil Jared hooked us up with, with one of these girls he was uh, hanging out with at the time. And so she had to wear pasties over her nip piles. And uh, so there's no one on the whole goddamn beach. And, and someone must've been watching us with binoculars because someone kept calling the cops. And so the cop kept coming and so as soon as the cops would come, she would cover up and he would like, he would say, look, you can't be naked on the beach. You can film here. You have a permit. We're like, well, she's not naked. It looks like she's naked from afar, but she's not naked. So finally, the third time he came back, he's like, look, I hate this. I'm going to have to lock somebody up. Just And we said, well, you can see for yourself. And so she peels down her bikini and shows that she has pasties covering her her the her nipples Fucking up. Tits, and, <laughs> so, Jesus. I know I feel like I'm talking to my mom. And so the cop <laughs> and so the cop has this lump in his throat, this big frog in his throat, and he's like and he goes, okay. And he gets red in the face, turned around and went, and we just started laughing at him. Um the other the other funny part about shooting that video was we needed a palm tree. And so we bought a palm tree for like eight hundred dollars and planted it. And everyone on the beach Kept coming to the palm, the one fucking place on the palm tree. So everyone sees, oh, there's a palm tree. And everyone wanted to sit under the fucking palm tree. And we had to keep telling people, look, we planted this palm tree so we could shoot a music video. But we want to shoot under the palm tree. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, the other thing that's crazy, too, is there's a, vid- uh, there's a video from Charlie that's on YouTube that's got you two in it. And you guys are at the fair and where you poured the drink over um that's crazy. Wait, who did what? <laughs> um, it's it's a video of you guys. Um, apparently, uh, Franz was trying to get a hold of you, you know, back like on the phone, and you weren't answering. And then he's seen you at, at this um, at the state fair or whatever, and you're there with the girl, and then he like poured nachos over your head or something. Yeah, I vaguely. Oh, that. that was wasn't that yeah. where the f is Santa? That was not a movie. Yeah, the, the, yeah. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Right on, man. Oh, right. Hey, thanks for calling in, brother. Yeah. For sure, for sure. For sure. Right, Much love, you guys. God bless. Love. Thank you, caller. All right. We have another caller here on the Novak and Front Show. Hello, caller. Cellar dwellers. There we go, CJ. <laughs> Fucking one. We even got a great sound effect for that one. <laughs> Wait, why that? Why they? Why, <laughs> what's going on with these collars? Well, you us. fucking dropped these it. These are the most impatient I didn't drop people. It. it was in the thing going. It's caller's choice. They just choose not to fucking yeah, it was talk a to us. Choice not to talk to anybody. <laughs> Smart move. 
Smart, smart move. So I'll tell you what, though. What? I am 32 days without a cigarette today. 32 so days. What wow. is the most difficult moment in the last week? Here we go. You know, oh, wait, wait. Another call. We'll get back to this sort of discussion after this call. Call, call, call. Hello, caller. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, man. So uh, what is your story or your question or your whatever? First of all, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dude, I got, I have a story and I'm, I'm not involved in it and I wasn't there to experience it, but dude, my cousin told me this story and it, it's off the walls. It probably happened to you, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I wish. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> they went to Pennhurst. My, I'm from Maryland. Um, and my buddies went to Pennhurst Asylum. My cousin and all his buddies went there, like the the big like horror fest thing or whatever, you know. Uh huh. And <laughs> I guess they got to the front of the line, and my buddy didn't have his ticket or whatever. He thought he didn't have his. Or my, <laughs> I called him my buddy just for whatever. My cousin's buddy didn't have his ticket. For uh, like he didn't he, like whatever he couldn't get in, and then they were like, "Oh, yeah, you gotta go, you gotta go to the back of the line." And he and he was so drunk at the, at that time that he was like, "Fuck it, dude! Like I'm not even I'm not even going back. Like whatever." So he goes and tries to find the car, like the car that they got there, in, and he couldn't find it because the, the parking lot's huge, and he couldn't find anywhere to go. So he finds this pickup truck, and he and he lays underneath it. Uh-huh. Lays underneath, like, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, oh no, <laughs> there's no death in this story. There's, no one dies. It's okay. So anyway, he lays down underneath the pickup truck, falls asleep for about forty minutes or so, forty-five minutes. He said he's like, this probably isn't the best idea because when they leave here, I'm going to get run over. So his brother. I wonder how, how long did it take him to come to the con- that conclusion? <laughs> dude, Jesus, Joe France. It could have been. It could have been an hour. It could have been ten minutes. I don't know, man. Yeah, it could have okay. been anything. But. Okay. Anyway, this guy, he eventually wakes up and he, and, and he says, and he's like, wow, this probably isn't the best place for me to be. So <laughs> in his bright idea in, in his, in his smart mind, he, he climbs into the bed of the pickup truck. <laughs> he gets into the back of it. Then, <laughs> oh man, I can't even tell. <laughs> I can't even tell the story without laughing. Okay. He wakes up <laughs> He wakes up going 70 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> it's You're- some fucking random versus car. <laughs> Keep in mind, he's from Maryland. Like, he doesn't know where the fuck he's going. He doesn't know what direction is north or west. He doesn't know what's happening. This <laughs> guy he, has the best laugh I've ever heard. He wakes up. He wakes up going 70 miles an hour down the highway. And where, and and where did you end up? Where did you end up? It's not me, dude. It's my cousin's friend. <laughs> dude. So what do you want? Anyway, 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 apparently he ended up in a, like, a, just a, a normal driveway. And he, like, waited till um, he heard the dude's, like, do- car door to shut and then the front door to shut. So he's like, all right, I'm good to go. And then he said that he... <laughs> he jumped in he like jumped out of the car and like goes into the road and like trying to wave down traffic and he said he eventually waved down some lady that was like like stopped because she was obviously concerned like what the fuck is this dude 
<laughs> like, why is this dude waving me down? And she's like, are you okay? The best and, he goes, and he goes, and he goes, oh, I'm from Maryland. I don't know where I am. <laughs> and like, keep in mind, we're probably like in literally middle Pennsylvania at this point. Notice how he said, <laughs> we notice how he said, we are. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, Joe Fons. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, I was just, I was just randomly there tagging along. But no, okay. So the dude, the dude, um, his name, his name's Cody. Actually, the guy, the guy I'm talking about, his name is Cody. Yeah, his Cody name, Eshelman. Literally, Google his him. It's real. Cody. Go ahead, call him. I'm, God damn it, Novak. Anyway, <laughs> the dude, the dude, um. He's like, oh, oh my god, I'm from Maryland. Like, I need to get home. I don't know where the fuck I am. Clearly, she drives away because she thinks he's a psycho. Then, where is he? Um, <laughs> dude, from what I from what I heard, he was in like some place in Pennsylvania that he just didn't know. Like Central yeah, PA is 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 my is my guess. Anyway, he he takes a three hundred and eighty dollar Uber home. Not to mention the forty dollars tip because he's a nice guy, and uh, anyway, that pretty much culminates my story. Boys, had at it. Well, thank Radio you so Bam. much. Oh, yeah. Radio <laughs> Bam. Hey, thanks for calling in. Thanks man. for calling in. Yeah, brother. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. That dude's enjoyment of telling the story yeah, was, was way better a, than a fucking story. Yeah, true story. <laughs> <laughs> he was a happy fellow, man. I spent a lot one. of money to feel like he feels on right. a regular basis. I know. And it never worked. I know. All the weed, <laughs> it would last for like two, three, four yeah, hours yeah, at fun. best. All the weed I Hello? used to smoke as a kid, I never felt that good. I know. Uh, go ahead, caller. Hello. Yo, what's up? Good, this good. Fucking what? Novak. What's that happening? What's happening, man? I had to call him like 60 times to get in, but it was worth it, man. I'm long-time 61's fan of the y'all. lucky fucking number. <laughs> so what do we got? Well, I was just going to say once again, I'm a huge fan, man. Shout out to both CKY, fucking jackass, all the good shit, you know? Thank you, brother. Thank you. And congrats to all your success and sobriety, man. That's a Thanks, man. Appreciate that. So what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Where can I start? Shit, I was going to ask a personal <laughs> question of y'all. What's it like to chill at fucking the, the castle, bro? The, the fucking Bam Castle back in the day. I don't know if it's still like that. Like, how was that shit? Well, it, it depends <laughs> on when you ask me. If you asked me when I was getting loaded, it was the fucking best thing ever. If you ask me now, sober, I'd say it's the worst thing ever. You know, it's where I'm, I'm in two different places in my life at that time i it was the best you know there was no cares no concerns no worries uh no rules no rules you think you do no repercussions you know it was yeah. fucking in a, a disneyland for adults yeah in a lot of ways it was like a big playground for adults you know for for people in their 20s and 30s you know though i mean there was at nighttime there was generally a lot going on. People would come come back from the. We'd meet people at the bar. They come back with us. You know, there'd be girls in the pool. There'd be, you know, the the, the neighbors hated us because. Oh, I believe it. Because they're 
the the dutiful husbands would come over late at night just yeah. to see if there's anything that we needed, yeah. but just to check out the naked girls in the pool. Or just running around the house <laughs> or riding the four-wheelers or doing whatever. Yeah, so, th- so all the local housewives would just call the cops <laughs> on us constantly to get us shut down. The husbands would be over drinking, doing blow, shooting pool, riding four-wheelers, you name and it. One of the multiple hot tubs. Yeah. 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 But the mornings were depressing. And sometimes you would get a ride over there and then they would leave and you couldn't escape. Either that or like sometimes Bam would like pick me up in Philly and say, yeah, I'm coming uh, back to Philly tomorrow. I'll drop you off. And then he'd be like, yeah, I decided not to go to Philly. And I'd be trapped there for like <laughs> three days. And dude, oh my God. And sometimes it would get so depressing there during the day because there's nothing to do. There's, there's, it's just Bam walking around moping. <laughs> You know, eating soggy ass cereal in his bathrobe. There's never anything on TV. And the TVs never really work. There's no remote control for it. There's batteries missing. (laughs) Like, never, nothing works. Whatever was on was on, and you had to like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes people would stop by, and like nine out of 10 times, it's like some weird friend of a friend who like you don't really want to talk to and then bam would just go to his room and leave the person there because he didn't want to deal with him and then you'd be stuck talking to someone you have nothing in common with and um you know some social parasite who's trying to cling on for to bam's fame in any way he can and you're stuck talking with this two-bit loser yeah no that go ahead caller Oh, sorry. I was going to say that brought up another question. Did it ever become a point in which a lot of fans would either just show up there in general or like it became out of hand at any point? Or like, is there any story you'd like to share about that? All the time. (laughs) Novak, tell the the story. Wait, wait. wait. So so there was this one great Novak story. Remember, Novak, you were trapped there for days and you could and remember the bicycle in the rain? (laughs) Tell that story. I love that story. Here's here's the other side of the glamorous uh, Castle Bam stories that you always hear. Go ahead, Novak. Well, I was stuck there for days and I was withdrawing and I had no heroin and I desperately needed a fix. And uh, I had to get into town. Bam was kind of on to my ways at this point. So he started hiding all the keys to all the cars uh, and basically made my escape impossible. I could not get out. So finally, he's sleeping. Everyone's sleeping finally after days of partying. And it's like 530 in the morning. And I'm like, fuck yeah, here it is. This is my out. And I go outside and there's... No cars are open. No keys are in any of the cars. But what there are is like five pedal bikes. So I'm like, here it is. The bike. I'll just get the bike. So I get the bike. And this was the same bike, by the way, that we used in the CKY videos to do the stunts. Like when when Ryan Dunn uh, did the clothesline into the soccer net. So this particular bike was like a little child's, like meant for like a six-year-old, a pink bicycle (laughs) with flat tires. Just totally flat. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll ride the bike into town. Uh, I get on the bike, I get up to where you have to, you, you get to like a sensor line and then the gate opens. The fucking <laughs> bike will not produce enough pa- weight on the sensor to let it say it needs to open. So now the fucking gate will not open. <laughs> You're tra- the gates are like 12 feet high, including the fence. Right. It's 5.30 a.m. It's pouring torrential downpours. <laughs> but this is my only time to escape. I'm sick. I have my dealer meeting me in town. 
Um, so I'm like, fuck it. I just wing that bike over the fence. <laughs> I climb the fence. I have an open bottle of wine in my hand because that's all I have. <laughs> now I'm on the ride, the trek on this little girl's bike with two flat tires, torrential downpour, and I have an open <laughs> bottle of wine in my hand that I chug the whole way. To town. To town. It is so far. Yeah. Dude, that is so far. How far is that, CJ? Probably like five miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's commitment. But wouldn't it be faster just to abandon the bike? Because you're probably putting more work into pedaling a flat tire bike. CJ, let's take a look at my rationale at that point in time, for fuck's sake. I'm throwing a girl's bike over a fence at 5 a.m., pouring downpour, open bottle of wine, two flat tires, withdrawing from heroin. Do you think I had a fucking sane thought in my head? Whatever happened to that bike? Because... I remember that bike around the same time we got that furniture for the front porch. <laughs> I found behind the dumpster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I wonder what became of that bike. Somewhere in the world, it's like at a thrift store somewhere for $3. There's you know, a lot of it's shit. It's probably still sitting in the apartment building since the furniture is still sitting on the front porch of where he used to live. And we got the furniture like two days after the bike story. <laughs> I slept on that furniture many a nights when Apple locked those doors. <laughs> I did. Dude, if, if those, it's weird. Going back to Bam's house now, which is far and few in between, but when I do, it's weird. It's, yeah. it's, you know, I, I get flooded with memories, good, bad, and indifferent, mm -hmm. but it's just like, you, I don't know. Remember the night that, so, okay, so here's another thing, caller. When you fell asleep at Bam's house, you had to be very careful because oh, you could be the victim of any kind of, any number of pranks. And Bam never slept. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. He would just get Sober up. or on drugs. He just does not sleep. Right. And he's always trying to instigate other people into fucking with you. If he, if he thinks you're going to kick his ass, he'll just get <laughs> someone else to do it. So one yep. night I went to sleep behind this couch and I was like, I'll be safe here. No one will look. And I wake up with Novak spooning my back. Like wait, we like we woke up like apparently he was afraid too, and he thought really? of the bright idea of yeah. You don't remember this? Not at all. So you thought of the bright idea of like okay, like where can I sleep where I'm not going to get fucked with? And then you saw me behind the couch, and you're like, I'm safe with Franz. <laughs> and then I guess you forgot you. It was me because in the middle because there's no pillows. Neither one of us had any pillows or blankets, so uh. I just woke up with you spooning my back, like hugging me. And it was weird. In, in a way, I kind of felt like good that you felt safe around me. It was weird. I was like, I was like, well, I guess this proves we're friends. Out of all the shit that he's put me through, I could see you feeling that way. <laughs> I really could. That makes sense to me. Um. Uh. uh okay. Any other uh, questions, caller? Yeah. We're losing you. Question for you all. Um. Off off camera, of course, because I mean, a lot of the times on Viva La Bam, at least, like there would be a lot of showing of April kind of Kirk and Al because of all the shit that was going down. Was there any like serious moments off camera where she like up and had everyone out of there or just completely lost her shit because of stuff going on? Well, she was usually mad at Novak. Um, I remember w one time. Okay. So Sean Penn um, and Johnny Knoxville came to do an episode of Viva La Bam. And you remember, so Bam's aunt Boof, who's in the movie Ming Hags, she plays Novak's character's girlfriend. So if you can picture her, right? So she cooked trays and trays of meatballs and pasta and all this handmade, like, what do you call stuffed shells 
and like garlic bread. She slaved for days. And so we had this like kind of like little feast, but there was plenty of leftovers. The leftovers, you know, were to be eaten by Bam for like a week. And no, yeah. Novak had one responsibility. When everyone was done eating, he promised to put it all in the refrigerator. Is this a true story? Yeah. Again, I have no recollection of this. Dude, you <laughs> wasted. <laughs> you didn't do it. And when they came back, it was because for some reason, Bam had to leave the house for like three days and then come back. And then he was supposed to have all this food. And it just was covered in mold and ants and roaches and mice. Really? And April's, oh, man. And April's like, Brandon, I can't believe you did this. You know how long we worked on this? She was almost in tears. And fucking Novak's like, oh, Ape, that is so fucking like you to get mad. You're trying to turn this all around on me. That is so like you, Ape. And she's literally in tears that the fruits of her labor were just so unappreciated by Novak. And you were at the house anyway. It's not like you left. You just walked by that food time after time. Every time you walked in the house, you had to walk by there and you couldn't be bothered. God damn you, Novak. Jesus Christ. Unappreciative shit. Yeah, I have no recollection at all. That's why I literally, you know, through the 12 steps of the program that I work, the ninth step is making amends. I've kind of just figured out that I make amends to anyone that I meet, anyone that I've ever known throughout my life, whether they it applies or not, because I have no recollection. Literally, I've been checked. I have no recollection. If you ask, I, I wouldn't even pass a lie detector. I don't remember that story <laughs> one bit. I don't remember waking up behind the fucking couch with you. I vaguely remember the broad throwing up on me, vaguely, at best. Never would have remembered if you didn't bring it up. As, and that's just these three stories that you've told so far. Do you remember the time when you did have a lie detector? On yeah. You when we did, I do remember that. So we, we, we did an episode of Viva La Bam where there was a lie detector. Mm -hmm. And so- I Had to do with my warrants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like you know Ryan Dunn had because the, that was the first show <laughs> where I had came back and it was my claim to fame. Remember? Yeah, that's yeah. why I remember it. Yeah. I remember that shit because it benefits me. I have selective, <laughs> I have selective memory when it plays in favor of me and my well being. So, so I have the opportunity of a lifetime, and I'm like, bam, come on, let me ask him a fucking couple questions while he's hooked up. He's like, what do you want to ask him? I was like, I'm gonna ask him because I knew Franz doesn't forget shit. Yeah, when he's we made Haggard, things. I mean, you gotta understand when we made the movie Haggard and Novak was living with Bam, he stole Jess's entire CD collection. Jess would come home from a CKY tour and be like, Where's half my CDs? And Novak would be like, yeah, someone came over, said they wanted to borrow some of them. I think he was a friend of yours. I don't know. In the meantime, if you went to the local CD store in in uh, Westchester, she would she would say like, yeah, Brandon was just in here selling a couple CDs the other day. <laughs> so anything to, and so he would rob the medicine cabinet. I mean, there True. wasn't one. Remember. April went to get some of her prescription I switched medication. them out with aspirin. With aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> Call me at a tough time, man. That was between a rock and a hard spot. And, and it's like, Brandon, who else would have done it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how aspirin. May, I, I know, Ape. Maybe you had a headache the same time that you were taking this. And somehow... But see, you dump the aspirin into your prescription meds. That just is, this goes to prove how sad the disease of addiction is because I, 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 I explicitly remember <laughs> that night that I was in the bathroom. It was nighttime. Uh, I remember it like I, I'm touching this table and I saw the pill bottle and I knew that they were on to me. I knew they had counted the pills. I knew they were just waiting to catch me fuck up and they were going to look in this pill. It was like a test. I knew it, right? But then 
my disease, my addiction would not allow me to not take it. I knew if I took it, I was going to be caught. And I knew if I took it, I was going to be caught and I was going to be thrown out back to Baltimore. I did not want either of those, but I could not not do it. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to take four and I'm going to replace them with, and I jug, I dug through the medicine cabinets and I just found, I, I couldn't find any pills that slightly resembled. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just put four other pills in that looked nothing like it. Knowing that I was going to get caught, but my disease, the one that makes me believe the unbelievable says, don't worry, you're going to get away with it. Knowing that I wasn't, but I believed that I would because my disease is so powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you also fuck, took- I totally remember that. And you took each one of us aside and be like, Yo, yeah. have, have you noticed that like- Jen Ravel is like <laughs> acting weird, man. Maybe yeah. she, I'm not saying she's yeah. the one who took him or nothing like that, but you know, you never know. I mean, she has been acting weird. It's like, yeah, we all act weird. Like Jen definitely acts weird. I act weird. You could say that anyone took him, but you did Dude, and everyone just, knows it. Just reciting these stories <laughs> is so mentally draining to me. I mean, it's because it, everything was a chess game. So when we had him hooked up to the lie detector, I was begging Bam. I was like, just let me ask him one question. And I want to get out of that test so fucking quick because I know <laughs> you're not the only person begging to ask me questions. There's a long list of people that want to find the truth out about shit right now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so. I was like sweating like a whore in church. I'm like, all right, get the questions. Let's go. Let's shoot. And action. Cut. Got to smoke. Bam, let's go smoke. Uh, Bam, we're going to do a shot. Just get his attention off of that. Because there was, a, I knew there was, Ape was there. Phil was there. Fucking Dumb was there. Rab was there. Franz was there. You know, everyone that had a problem with me or that I had stolen from and never admitted to was in that room and they were fucking gunning for me. And nobody wanted me there at that point in time except Bam. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was right about the time when we started Dream Seller. And um, it's weird because I, as a side project, I'm, I'm thinking about making a book about our experiences on Viva La Bam. And uh, nice. so I was interviewing one of the guys and he said that um, actually before you asked me, you asked him to help you write the book Dream Seller. I did. Who was it? That was Roy. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like- no, I asked Roy, the one who accused me of stealing his wallet? No, that was somebody else. That was the EMT guy. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Roy did what? Roy, Roy was like a good buddy of Ryan Dunn. He made, uh, he made that last movie Ryan Dunn was in, uh, Living Will. I remember, I, I, don't, I didn't think it was Roy, but I remember asking somebody prior- Remember, you. remember when uh, you. after we came out with Dream Seller and you started to get mad at me for whatever reason you used to get mad at me for, and then uh, who was it? Cleveland. Remember Cleveland? Cleveland was supposed to help you write the Dream Seller sequel. What? Yeah, yes, I remember this. Yes. yes, says who? Me? Said you. That yeah. was my idea. You called me up yeah. one time. You're like, guess what, Franz? I don't need you no more. I got Cleveland. He's gonna write my book <laughs> for me. I'm Equate that to heroin. <laughs> well, and Cleveland wasn't even confident. You're like, no, you can do it. Franz can do it. You can do it. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! You know what that's like? It's like if you find a picture of yourself ten years ago and you're like, oh, what was I thinking to wear that at the time? Same thing with this thought now. Look. Looking back X amount of years, it's like, what the fuck would ever make me think that's a sensible decision? <laughs> Same thing. And, re and there was, uh, 
When Bam came out with his book, <laughs> this so- caller's like, dude, this is the best conversation <laughs> ever. He's been over like 20 minutes. <laughs> We've just took it into a whole other level. And so when Bam came out, what was Bam's book's name? Uh, dog sh- Serious is Dog Serious Shit. Serious is Shit Water. Serious is Dog Dirt or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. So when Bam came out with his book, you said, Fine, see, anyone can put out a book. If Bam can put one out, I can put one out. I'm going to put together a whole scrapbook. I didn't even need you. <laughs> and uh, again, and, I don't remember this. And you went over, you were bragging to Don Vito and Phil. You're oh, like, Don I'm Vito. doing this all So I went over there right after you. He was like, oh. and so Don Vito goes, yeah, Novak was just here. He says uh, he doesn't need you no more. And uh, he's going uh, to write his own book. He goes, and then he goes, you think uh, Novak is actually willing to do all that work by himself? I was like, no! <laughs> Ask the fucking Lully not. one. <laughs> no, there was a scrapbook for a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, don't was around, underestimate. It was around the same time as Extreme Couponing. <laughs> I was into that, too. What was it? Wait, hold on. Caller, what are you doing with the phone? Are you, are you jacking off? <laughs> we get lost what in is our that noise sometimes. Wait, what was the coupon craze, CJ? So he... <laughs> Bill does all the coupons and everything, and got Novak was watching a show one day on extreme couponing, and he goes, "Look, this chick just uh, got two hundred dollars worth of groceries, and they gave her money back." Yeah, she got like two hundred dollars worth of groceries, all a stack full of coupons. Gets through the line, gives her all the coupons. Not only did she get all two hundred dollars worth of coupons, I mean, for, of groceries free, they actually owed her money. And oh, so shit. you got swept up on oh, this. I was oh, yeah. hook, line, and sinker soul. <laughs> he was stealing coupons from the neighbors. I was stealing pamphlets from the, you know, they put the, them the on junk the mail coupons that the neighbors are going to throw away anyway. He would beat them to the mail. I think I had CJ on it with me. We fucking, I'd get all high and clip, 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 clip. So in, and then he was going to get one of those uh, accordion uh, organizers. Yeah. <laughs> he was ready. I remember that now. <laughs> well, hey, Joe. One last question for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy, go ahead. <laughs> hey, where are y'all live at right now? What are you live on? Oh, uh, we're 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 in my mom's basement. <laughs> it's well, the cellar dwelling. Like yeah. Social media or something. You said you're live, right? Are you like streaming? Oh, 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 no. We we used to do we used to do a live uh, show, um, but it, it kind of didn't work out. So we just do a pre-record. You can so, check it out uh, on right, the Might well, Be News Network. Yeah, yeah, on the Might Be News Network. News, can, news, uh, news, news, news. <laughs> but yeah, hey, so well, we... been good. Y'all have a good one, man. Hey, okay, call in, Thank brother. you. Good talking, y'all. Like, uh, take it easy. Isn't it funny remembering all the... Oh, another call? Oh, wow, look at this. Hello, caller, you're live. That was oh, annoying. Uh, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> what am I, John DeBella from the Morning Zoo? Uh, oh, uh, we lost Hey, him. CJ, drops another one. <laughs> okay. It is funny, though, to remember all those old it is. Viva La Bam stories. We could do like 30 podcasts of memories. Yeah. No, it's true. And literally. We got another one. Oh, we have another caller gonna here. going to fuck let's, this one up yeah, too, Yeah, let's see Siege? if CJ fucks it up. Hello, caller. Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, caller. What's on your mind? <laughs> what's up, man? I just, I just had a uh, question. I was kind of directing it toward Novak. What do you got? I was going to see if he, uh, what he thinks about the 12 steps. I think it's uh, life-changing, life-saving. Uh, I think it's imperative, instrumental, and uh, an absolute must for an alcoholic such as myself. It was the only thing that ever worked for me. 
and I recommend okay. it for any and everybody that's willing to give it a chance, sober or not, in the 12-step program or not, anyone and everyone can benefit from it. Can't speak awesome. enough about so, it. If you don't do it, so, do it. So in saying that, I'm guessing you've worked them. Now I got another Absolutely. question. Yep. I'm on, I'm on step seven. What, do you have any? Do you have anything on that? Maybe I could gain from. Uh, any suggestions or anything? How long are you sober? Uh, fifteen months. Okay. Uh, was August twenty second. I mean, it's what what what. I, it's not really much I, su- I can suggest about it. You know, yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe there's a specific problem that you'd like to address, caller, yeah. because he could he could take this on a lot of different directions. But is there, and you're anonymous; no one knows your name. Um, you haven't said right. your name yet, so you can you can feel free to talk about whatever you'd like. Okay, well, it's like you know, on, on the character defects part, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just trying to. I, I don't know. I've been told different things. My sponsor tells me one thing, but I don't know how to really just like. So here's my deal with my character defects, right? Um, right? My character defects were kind of the way that I conducted business for a lot of years, you know, and I enjoyed them. I did not want to give them up. I don't want to give up uh, being promiscuous with women. I don't want to give up lying. I don't want to give up cheating, stealing, because that all benefits me in some kind of way, right? Um, so what I do is I ask God to remove my defects of character, right? Not when he sees fit, not when I see fit, because when I see fit will be fucking never, right? Because I always want to fuck women. I always want to steal. I always want to lie because it all benefits me. So I ask God to remove those defects when he sees fit. And usually how and when he sees fit is right. Promiscuity is a big thing with me as uh, I'll, I'll get caught sleeping with multiple women. And then that woman will tell that woman, which will tell that woman. They all tell all the women. And now I have no women to sleep with. So God removes them when he sees fit. And the only motivating factor behind change in my life comes through the form of pain. So when the pain gets great enough, I'm willing to do what it takes to change, which is now not sleep with a whole bunch of women and lie to each one and say I'm not sleeping with the other one. Why? Because I've just been exposed by all of them and now none of them want to fuck me. So God removes my defects of character. I don't have the privilege of doing that because left to my own devices, I won't do that. So I continuously give it over to God and let God remove them for me. When he like says that, so you know, I, I, if I told you I'm working on my character defect, that's a fucking lie. I don't do that. I don't. God yeah. has to remove my defects of character. But then what happens once I allow God to remove them, and uh, is now my defects have become my biggest assets because now, like, um, I, 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 one defect was drinking and drugging. Right now, I don't drink or drug, but now I get phone calls from tons of people that do drink and drug, and they say, if you can get clean, there's no reason why I can't. Can you help me? So the very same thing that was killing me now provides me life, but not only me, but a mass of people because they said, if you can do it, I can do it. Can you help me? So I simply pay it forward, if that makes any sense to you. Right. And if it doesn't, that's cool, too. It's not supposed to. Right, right. Uh, One thing you said stuck out to me really, uh, pain, when the pain is great enough. My sponsor tells me that all the time. Pain is a great motivator. That's the only only motivating factor behind anything that I do in my life regarding change. I don't change when things are un unmanageable. I change when things are unbearable. And that moment, mm-hmm. uh, that window of cha- opportunity is very small. So it's like, that's that's how it goes for me. So awesome, man. Uh, Thank y'all very much. Hey, God bless Is this you. live right now? Uh, it's, uh, it's, no, we, we record, then we air later. 
Okay, so where can I find it whenever uh, it's on? It's the mbnnetwork.com or look for uh, MBN Network on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes podcast. NBN? MBN. Mike M- B News Network. So, yeah. It'll be out Might tomorrow. B News Network. MBN. This episode will be out uh, tomorrow, so you can check it out, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for God calling. God bless, man. Yes, sir. God bless. Yeah, man. So it's crazy, Franz. Today's day 32 with no cigarettes. Yeah. I've become, you know, not to toot my own horn, but beep fucking beep. I'm like a professional at quitting things. Mm. I literally, I, I prayed for the obsession to be lifted, the desire to be removed. You could put me in a Should room with people, ch- not yet, chain smoking. And like, I have no desire to smoke. Mm. Like, I, 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 the obsession is gone, man. Like, and it wasn't a hard thing. I just accepted the fact that, like, if I couldn't quit today, I was never going to quit. And I was going to smoke till I died. And that'd probably be why I died. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. I, I- but you were you were looking pretty well. Those first two weeks, man, you were so scatterbrained. I remember we did one of these podcasts, and you kept fucking around with your phone, kept texting and texting. You're just fiddling around. You weren't even doing anything. You were yeah. just. I was like, Dude. I couldn't sit still. Yeah, I was like, oh. it was like detox. I was a stranger in my own skin, trying to figure out who the fuck let me in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I knew with time it would get better. What about the timing of your day? Has that changed at all? So it's like. When you're a compulsive smoker, huh. everything you do is tied to a cigarette. Yes. Okay, I'm done cooking my meal. Yeah. Time for a smoke. Yeah. Okay, now it's after the meal. Time for a smoke. Okay, uh, I'm going to watch TV for an hour. Time for a smoke. Uh, you know, I have to call someone. Time for, like, is that, what's changed about that? That, that has not changed. Uh, it, it's it changed in the beginning, but it's getting on track. It's becoming a bit more bearable or, or doable or tolerable, if you will. What I am battling with still is 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 some depression, you know? And, and I think anything that you've done in an excessive uh, way for, for a long period of time and you give it up, you're going to go through bouts of... But, but didn't you experience any depression while you were smoking? No. No, you didn't. None at all. But now I can tell you, like, you know, some days it's hard for me to like get going. It's hard for me to wake up and get and jump out of bed with the same enthusiasm that I had when I smoked. Hmm. You know, I mean, I smoked at least at least a pack a day for twenty four years straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to give that up, you know, uh, you, you're gonna go through a range of emotions and feelings. And did you smoke more when you were drinking? Doing cocaine or doing heroin? Drinking and cocaine, absolutely. A lot more. Yeah, because I never slept. You know, heroin, I was basically in out of a sleep or consciousness, if you will. I see. There wasn't enough time to smoke like I chain smoked then. But it's weird. I, I, but what I know is that if I just continue to go through the motions, like it will get better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my whole perspective of going about things has just really changed. And it's like so doable. If I don't pick it up, it can't get in me. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings will pass, you know, and, and it's. That sounds like some good advice for the listeners, man. You know, I mean. It's totally doable. Smoking I mean, is an inevitable death sentence. And it's, it's weird. It's something where, I mean, I, I never smoked, but, um, you know, we've all had bad habits. And habits are crazy because you tell yourself every time you do something, it will be your last time. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. Yeah. Tomorrow is it. And then I wake up tomorrow to repeat yesterday's actions and I'm stuck in Groundhog's Day for the next amount of years, mm-hmm. you know, because I really believe it. I mean it. Tomorrow's going to be different. Mm-hmm. But nothing has changed in my actions. 
It's just simply intentions that I'm setting. And intentions without actions are like a brand new car without gas. Looks beautiful, but completely fucking pointless. Who cares? Wow. What an analogy. Um, Do we have time for one more call? I got this in front of me. I don't know why. It's 630. You said you had to be here. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I'm cool. I mean, we got. Yeah, there's. Okay. So we'll go but, for a but, minute. But yeah, so. Um, I haven't got the text. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, for some reason, I thought you had to go at 6. Well, I do. I'm just waiting for the text of my ride to be here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, let's uh, let's let's wrap yeah, it up then. The oh, one okay, one more caller. Okay. <laughs> We're a little confused here. This is a, this is a very lax show here tonight. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, it. Okay. Hello, good. caller. How you doing? Uh-oh. Hey, pretty good. How are you guys doing? What's good. that happening? Hey, is Novak there? I'm here. Hey, Novak, I have a question for you, man. Hopefully I have an answer for you. Shoot. All right, so you have an up-and-coming rehab thing scheduled for Southern California, yeah? Yeah. What? Do you know what date that is? I tried calling them. They didn't answer. (laughs) The date is, CJ, do we have the date? I never got the date on that. It's in your calendar. Hold on a second. Some president of operations you are, Craig. I know. <laughs> Fuck. You drop calls. You don't add dates to events. I know all this shit. You think they just fucking psychics you know? that learn through osmosis? When Novak books stuff on his own, I kind of get left out. Oh, he's always oh, justifying. I know. Deflecting. Yeah, we, do. we want results, not excuses, CJ. Thank you. <laughs> you God. know, you're about to be fired, CJ. Hey, caller. Are you looking for a yeah. gig? You looking for a job? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you might regret that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest regret you ever made. So you, well, it's it's on Coastline Recovery, right? There's a phone yeah, number. Yeah, you posted that. You po- you posted that picture. I tried calling that number on that picture, and it went straight to like a voicemail. Didn't even let me enter an extension or anything. Really? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll just give you the fucking the the number that of the guy who sent that to me, and if you text him, he can give you the date. All right, <laughs> uh, that that'd be awesome if you could do that. Um, the phone number is nine four nine. Okay. Seven zero one. Zero three eight one. Eight one. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, you. Uh, Everybody's Eleven twenty eight. I think eleven twenty eight is the date. I have okay, so wait, okay, a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's, right, cool, it's, man. We'll yeah, eleven twenty eight is the event. Absolutely, but call that okay. number and they'll give you the exact details. I think there's tickets for it too, or something. <laughs> CJ, you're on top of shit. <laughs> I get bits and pieces here. <laughs> hey, brother. Hopefully, I see uh, you there, man. It'll be a pleasure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, man. I'd like to meet you. So uh, definitely show up. Right. It'll be rad. It'll be a good event. All right, thanks, guys. God bless. Man. All right, thank you. Um, well, I guess that's uh, seems to be all the time we have, unless we have time for one more call. No? Okay, so that's about it. Uh, Novak has a, a big important... What's this big fucking important <laughs> business meeting you've been talking about all night? I, it's actually a work-related issue. What is it? I'm not getting into that It's one a day. girl. No, it's not. It's not a girl. It's really not. You have <laughs> something to do. Absolutely. I have a dinner at Barclay Prime with three other people. Four in total. Is one of them a girl? Two of them are women. So you lied. Shut up. <laughs> See, now you know why I would not want to take a lie detector test on France. There's no right answer. Okay. So um, anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, for an auto, uh, personally si- hand-signed autographed copy 
of Dream Seller or our graphic novel, The Brandon Novak Chronicles, go to Amazon or brandonnovak.com. We ship internationally. And uh, definitely tune in to the mightbynewsnetwork.com, mbn.com. Um, uh, Taylor, CJ, Novak, any last words? <laughs> Good. M- <laughs> mbnnetwork.com. We got uh, what all stands kinds for of shows. Might be news because it yep. sounds like you're saying N. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I keep thinking that too. Might be news network. Uh, we got the Might Be News podcast, Relatable Radio, Might Be Sports, Novak Franz, Might Be Brews. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. So check us out. We got podcasts three, four, five days a week. So and then as usual, it. if you have anybody yourself, a relative, a friend that's suffering with the disease of addiction and is trying to find their way out and simply can't see past that bag, bottle, needle, pipe. Feel free to pass my number along, 610-635-9092. Have them call me. You call me. Either myself or one of my team members will do whatever it takes to help you find the appropriate level of care that you so deserve. Yeah, yeah he's 100% serious. Call him anytime. Yeah. I mean, you know, he'll, yeah. he'll, if, if if he can't pick up personally, someone else will, but he, I've watched him all day and he tries to take every single call that he gets at any time. He'll stop what he's doing to help you get the help you need. Absolutely. So. Thanks for listening, man. Everyone out there. Yeah. I enjoyed tonight. Yeah, it was good. Great episode. Great episode. It was different. It wasn't Franz's normal topic with a lot of rules and guidelines, and we're going to do this <laughs> here at this time. And but Brandon, it was a Brandon, free for all. This was my idea. Well, this is why I don't like your ideas. But this was my idea. You just liked it. You admitted it. No, openly. no, no, no. Look, yes, you did. I'm an alcoholic. What that looks like is I'm defiant by nature. I hate authority and I will not conform unless it becomes my idea. So when I come in here and you have a whole fucking guideline treatment plan, if you will, of how the show is going to go, it pisses me off. But I'm the one who wanted a free flow change of pace. Uh, I think we all did. Good job. Oh, my us God. All, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. CJ um, Taylor, great job. You usual friends. Hey, nice. oh, thank you. Fucking annoy everyone. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, guys.